Hey everybody, this is Ed from the Whiskey Tangent Podcast. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And joining me as always is Scott. Hey everybody. Not to mention a couple of special guests we haven't had on for a little while, but it's kind of like a Christmas tradition around here to have them visit at the happy holiday part of the year. We have Sue, the Whiskey Pixie. Hello. And of course, joining her is the Mayor, Siobhan. Hello, everyone. And we are going to have a very fun Christmas episode for everybody. And Scott's going to tell you basically what we're going to do. Yeah, so every year I look for a whiskey that is purportedly one made for the Christmas season. It is Christmas spices or tastes like Christmas or whatever that is. And I found one. And it's the Paul John Indian Single Malt Christmas Edition 2023. And we're going to do a quick taste on it right now. Christmas bonus. Yay. (laughs) Are we done? That's it. And it's (laughs) done. And 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 scene. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Um, So I have a quick tree, if you will, about the Paul John. Uh, the distillery and then uh, two paragraphs on this particular expression that we will taste and after we taste it and we have tasting notes and all you know what we do then i have a top 10 list listeners know more than the people on the panel know because you've read the title of the episode (laughs) because you clicked on it and we'll get to that top 10 list uh it'll be fun i promise no pressure yeah no pressure (laughs) all right so the quick story about paul john indian single waltz here we go all right yeah So in 1996, when one Mr. P. Paul John decided to create single malt whiskeys in India, he first traversed the moors of Scotland to learn about its distilleries and whiskey culture. He then migrated to Goa, India, a one-time Portuguese stronghold on the southwest coast of India, which is host to Golden Beaches, delectable food and warm hospitality, the perfect place to set up his malt plant. And customer service centers abound. (laughs) Once there, he, along with master distiller Michael D'Souza, skillfully chose indigenous ingredients, used a double distillation process in copper pot stills, and matured the distillate in white oak barrels to create the magic that is Paul John single malts. Because the tropical climate of Goa matures the liquid faster than colder regions, the fraction lost to evaporation during aging, known as the angel share, is also higher in India at 8 to 10% per year than it is in Scotland, where the annual evaporation loss is about 2%. D'Souza describes it this way. Whiskey matures at these temperatures simply cannot be aged for the kind of time expected with scotch. Even trying to mature our whiskey for just 10 years would leave barely a bottle of liquid in the barrel. Wow. Yeah, fortunately, the heat actually speeds up the maturation process considerably. As a result, whiskey that has been matured for just four to five years in India is equivalent to a scotch that has been aged for around 15 years. After launching in the UK in 2012, Paul John's spirits were soon acclaimed to be equal to or better than the single malts produced elsewhere, including Scotland. Mm. Shade. Shade. (laughs) Not agreed to by the people of Scotland. Yeah, right. (laughs) Probably not. Nor the people in Japan. (laughs) They like to hear the same story from their perspective. Right, I know. It's like, these goddamn Indians, they came in and they they said they're all good and they're not, blah, 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 in a Scottish accent. (laughs) But approval from single malt enthusiasts and innumerable global awards further proved. I've approved some butts in my life, but go ahead. Wow. (laughs) 
proved their excellence and encouraged them to take their single malts across the world. Their flagship brand, Original Choice Indian Single Malt, is one of the top selling brands in India and is one of the top 10 selling whiskeys worldwide, with sales exceeding 11 million cases per year. Today, the company is the fourth largest liquor company in India by volume, with a production spread across 10 locations in eight states in India and 40 countries throughout the world, selling not only their 18 single malt whiskeys, but also a strong portfolio of brandies, rums, and premium wines. All right, then. Ladies, have you ever had Indian single malt whiskeys? Oh, I was about to quick answer um, that. <laughs> not that I'm aware of. Not Indian men. <laughs> Indian I, single malt whiskeys. I know Indian food is delicious. We're not asking you about that either. No. But curry up and answer. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever tasted Indian okay. yeah, whiskey. I, I yeah. <laughs> Whiskey, right. Okay, so uh, two paragraphs on the expression that we will be drinking. Presenting the sixth expression in our limited Christmas edition series from the award-winning Paul John Single Malts, created along the exotic shores of tropical Goa along the west coast of India, the Paul John Christmas Edition 2023 is an exquisite, unpeated, Ed, yeah. single malt matured in ex-bourbon barrels and finished in casks that previously aged up to 50-year-old single vintage Colleta Tawny Port taking on flavors of dried fruit, nuts, citrus, and exotic spices while becoming smoother and more complex the older they get. Mm. Our much-anticipated Christmas edition whiskeys evoke joy in whiskey lovers from across the world, taking a special place in their hearts. The Christmas edition 2023, with its rich, exuberantly fruity, and lingering flavors, is sure to make Christmas all the merrier. So all this right. promises to bring me joy? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Paul John gives... Promises, promises. <laughs> I want to give the cricket something. I thought you'd never leave. <laughs> wow. What's happening? Sorry. Uh, this is a finished Indian single malt. The proof is 46 ABV, which would be 92, but it weirdly says on the bottle that it's 80.5 proof. And Someone's I, lying. I looked it up and I don't know why they say that. Yeah. Isn't that weird? What the hell is that? Bro? I have no idea. I looked it up. Is it like a, a metric thing? Or something? <laughs> I don't know. Like, like Indian proof is different than regular proof. I mean, yeah, like I'm perplexed. And it's a 0.5 too. Like, yeah, right. It's purposeful. So we'll have to research that. Yeah. You would have thought that you would have done that before the it's time. labeled oh. shade yeah. no so i did look it up and nobody has any idea shade back <laughs> shade back to shade back. reshade, reshade. <laughs> it says for export overseas so this bottle was made for us yes which is why why we have it yeah <laughs> There's no age statement, unfortunately. The distiller is John Distilleries in Goa, India. The owner is Sazerac, those vampires. Uh, the price of this I found at a site in England. It was 70 pounds, and it was like 30 shipping. But I couldn't find it in America for less than $100 U.S., Plus shipping. In fact, wow. it, it was like $180, $190. I'm like, well, I'll just pay $100 right? yeah. and get it from the UK. So that's what we have. Thank you, Scott, for doing that. Yeah. Of course, this is deeply owned by... The vampires. Of Sazerac. Yes. You said that already. Right. I'm just <laughs> reaffirming that we didn't mention the vampires, did just, we? Mm. Yes, we did. Oh. Ed likes to firm. You know, the, these are to show that there's vampires in India as well, is what I'm saying. Yeah, They've expanded true. to the Asian continent. <laughs> <laughs> they are everywhere. So we have tasting notes that I combined from there as a master of malt, and I'm not looking at them, but now we will smell and taste it. Yeah, the rap name would be Mixed Master Malt. Mm. All right. Immediately, Ooh. I get 
1985. <laughs> Smurf vitamins. Oh. That's what I get. What in All the right, absolute? Now I'm smelling Smurf vitamins. Well, I can I, smell I the vitamin that. quality thing. Like, because yeah, I, I always the, go to back it's to. It's that sugary vitamin with. But with a, like a weird smell to yeah. it. Like that coating. Or, you know. The yeah. Flintstones yeah. is what I yeah. always go back yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. It has that. I mean, it's basically what you would think of uh, as a scotch. It's very uh, malty. Yeah, malty. But also fruity. Like, yeah. I get a lot of maybe like tropical fruits, like uh, peach and mango I and do get papaya or something. But it's deep. Oh, spicy I mean, fruit. Yeah, spicy fruit. I mean, this is not really the taste profile that, that yeah. we're used to. But I really like the smell of it. I'm getting spice. Of course, I'm getting vanilla all over it. Yeah, definitely. Are we getting any of the Christmas like baking spices on the nose? No, and you mentioned like the, the nuts and everything, and I'm trying, yeah. and I don't get that either. Well, you got to try to get the nuts involved. You know, Maybe that, other things are in the way. You got to find the nuts. Find the, nuts. <laughs> the, the nuts are in the way, so you're going right for the taint. Is that what's happening, what? Sue? Oh, you no, you meant taste. You mispronounced. Oh, that. taste. That taint right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's taste it. Mm. Oh, it's oaky at the end, but I got a mm. lot of flavor. It's a flavor bomb. Oh yeah! Wow. Hmm. Oh, very, very scotchy. I get so much spice. Uh, it's like a spice cabinet assaulted your face. Right. Like there's so much here. <laughs> Siobhan has already given it to me, but try another sip, Siobhan. Go in one that more was sip for second time. Okay. Yeah, no, but I, try it with some water on it. Tone down all the spice. Because we were drinking nothing but American whiskeys, bourbons, and rice today yeah. before we got on here. This is completely different and than this wait, is used wait. to. Yeah. How about I pour some of this into your glass? Because I had to put a lot of water in here to uh, make oh, that I got kind you. of a difference. I got you. And what I'm getting from this, when you said the explosion, yeah, that came with the aftertaste after the pepper. Okay. Like I, I tasted the pepper and then yeah. all this flavor came through. Yeah, it's very peppery. Usually the, the pepper is the last thing. Like you mm-hmm. feel, uh, okay, mm-hmm. you know. It's but, not 80. No. No. It's definitely 92. Yeah. This is something that for American whiskey drinkers, as we are, mm-hmm. you have to get used to it because now my tongue is getting used to it. My throat is getting yeah. used to it. I'm liking it, ta- it more and more. Yeah, absolutely. It tastes almost Dr. Pepperish. Mm. That's how complex it is with me. Mm. <laughs> Siobhan is still not a fan. It's really, really good. I'm tasting a lot of what they want me to taste for Christmas. You know, like when you get one of those holiday coffees or something. Quick, somebody pour some like four roses down Siobhan's throat to revive her. Well, pour some of the Jack Daniels. Uh, The tasting next month. Yeah, the tasting two months from now. Yeah. I mean, I put a few drops of water in there and all it did was take away the pepper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It didn't do anything for the flavor or the texture or anything else. Mm-hmm. It just took away the pepper. So it didn't enhance it or make it better in any way. <laughs> so you're not a fan? Not a fan. Okay. No. Right. It's not bad. It's not horrible. It's just I, not my favorite. I will say that we've yeah. always said scotch, and this is essentially a scotch. It's a single malt. Yeah. It's advanced whiskey drinking. The flavor profile is very harsh to someone who's not used to it. Yeah. Because, I mean, when I first started drinking scotch, they'd be like, oh, it tastes like sugar cookie and pear and apple dumplings. I'm like, right. I, no, just, it doesn't. I just taste <laughs> smoke and burnt grass. I don't yeah. know what you're talking yeah. about. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. It does take a long time for American whiskey drinkers to pull out those kind of flavors from a single malt. But I'm getting it. I'm getting vanilla. I am getting cake. it. I'm getting sweet fruits. Um Oak. I am. I'm getting it. It's very sugary vanilla to me. It's very sugary on my lips yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And I said to Dr. Pepper, um, I'm also getting 
all the tropical fruits that I got on the nose. I feel like this is the ambrosia of whiskeys. I mean, what's going on? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean it, there is a lot here. Yeah. But it's one that I would have one two-ounce pour of yeah. after I was done drinking everything else. Mm-hmm. I would probably have this as my last of the night because I think I can't go back to American very easily right now unless I do a <laughs> cleanse my palate completely. It's very potent. Yeah. It's good. And I understand you ladies not liking it. Yeah. You know, I don't like scotches per se. Uh, I can drink a lot of scotches, but that doesn't mean I prefer them. I would like to drink this a couple times a month. Yeah. As a change up for sure. This is definitely something when you feel like your palate is deadened, take some of this because it's going to punch you in the throat again. Yeah. I think Scott, we should put it into the vault and then each have a dram every Christmas until it's gone. Okay. We can do that. It'll be our Christmas whiskey, the two of us. And yeah. there'll be so much for you guys. Too. Yeah, there will right. be because yeah. Siobhan and Sue will be having yeah. none. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll each put on just our stockings. Uh, just our stockings. <laughs> Sounds erotic. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. Yeah. Stockings hung by the what? Yeah. <laughs> the chimney with care. Yeah. Uh, stockings well hung, thank yeah. you. Well hung, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Whatever. And uh, so, Scott, what's our top 10 list? Well, I'm going to do the tasting notes. Scott, what's the tasting notes? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, on the nose, delectable aromas of creamy vanilla custard with a dash of nutmeg and dark chocolate enhanced with rich, dry fruits like stewed dates. Hmm. I've had some screwed updates. Yeah, screwed updates. Yeah, screwed dates. <laughs> Tastes like yeah. a screwed update. Yeah, I, I have screwed dates and I've had screwed updates. Right. Uh, on the palate, deep flavors of sweet oak, red berries, ginger snaps, delicate mocha laced with warm caramel, succulent vanilla, and hints of softly spiced Christmas cake. On the finish, rich and deliciously lingering with exuberant notes of spiced dried fruit. It's crazy. I said vanilla cupcake, and Siobhan just rolled her eyes like, oh my God, they said <laughs> vanilla cake too. Like She's like, are you guys kidding me with this? <laughs> it's, it's a description of lies, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> lies, I tell you. I, mean, I, th- lies. I, I feel like I nailed this pretty good. but No, it's very good. I think we did really oh, well no, on this. No, you did an excellent job of that. I mean, I didn't catch any of that. It's like those stupid yeah. um, art things like that came out in the late 90s where you had to stare at it. Yeah. And try to f- and never got this. Scope never got and, and then it was like, oh my God, it's a cat. Yeah, I never <laughs> saw that. Like, I, yeah. I don't see that. I don't see that, that at all. all. Yeah. I'm surprised actually at how strong this is. I did not think yeah. this was going to be that overpowering. It is very overpowering. Uh, really but is. I guess. You don't mean proof wise, you mean flavor wise. Flavor wise, yes. Because yes. I guess I should have known from the research that I did and how potent the maturation can be. I really like it though. Oh, I, I really knew do. you would. I knew you would as soon as I took the yeah, first. But it is yeah. different. Yeah. As soon yeah. as I took my first step, I'm like, this is right in your wheelhouse. Mm, right. Because it's got that rye herbaceousness and all of the complexity. It's super complex. Mm-hmm. It is. Don't that understand. is the exact reason why I don't like it. Is oh, because it's, it's too it's complex. It's too complex. And I don't have any don't interest in figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like calculus well, to me fair now. Enough. <laughs> fair enough. This definitely is not for everybody. Right. No. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. That's totally fine. It's the calculus of whiskeys. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's fair. It I is. I hate math. I hate math. <laughs> See, like I hate math. I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. Oh, man. I, I didn't think we were going to. I need my slide roll. You should have told me. And a protractor. What's happening? <sighs> you do the finish? Yes. Oh, can you do so. the finish again? Because I don't remember. Okay. Uh, the finish is rich and deliciously lingering with exuberant notes of spiced dried fruit. Oh, so I remember. Okay. I thought that was the end of the palate. So they didn't really have a lot of finish on that. No. And I will agree that most of the flavor is up front with this. It's definitely in the mid palate. Yeah, and yeah. there's a little bit of a spicy burn at the end and like mm-hmm. a peppery burn in your throat as a finish for sure. Yeah. It lingers, but it doesn't linger very specifically. Correct. Yeah. It's like a stalker. Stalker. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right, if 
a whiskey was in person form, it would be a stalker outside of your taste buds uh, looking to get in. So this whiskey is a stalker, but it's also calculus. <laughs> it's a calculating stalker. Ah, very nice. Oh, there you go. And he brought it home. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do our top 10 list. So last year, we did the top 10 world's weirdest Christmas traditions. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, This year, we're doing the top 10 world's weirdest Christmas cuisines. Ah. So food and drink that served at Christmas the world over. Hmm. Number 10. Ho, 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 ho. From the U.S., eggnog. Okay. This was from Kat Kinsman at MyRecipes.com, and I agree with all of this. Okay. Here we go. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but we'll talk about it. To many... We'll talk amongst ourselves. This <laughs> beloved holiday treat, which harkens back to the medieval British drink called posset, which consisted of hot curdled milk, yum, alcohol and spice, is a must-have at the holidays, but to many others, it's a milky, gelatinous abomination. I feel like that's where Scott's living there with us, probably. <laughs> yeah. First of all, it's unnecessarily thick, like a milkshake made with mayonnaise. Unnecess- <laughs> unnecessarily thick. I never had a lady say that. Yeah. I didn't eat glue as a kid, but this is what I'm guessing the texture must be like. Hater. Second, it's made with raw eggs. Setting aside the fact that eating raw eggs is nauseating, it can also lead to serious food poisoning, especially if it's left out on a table in a giant punch bowl with your oh. friends and relatives oh. all dipping their dirty hands and cups into oh. it. Oh, that's, a, that's added narrative. It's and all pasteurized. Oh, that's an exaggeration. Coughing their germs into it as well. Third, sure, yes, you're supposed to add alcohol to it, which can thin it out, prevent pathogens from forming, and make it taste better. But let's be serious. The whole reason that we have cocktails is because you need to add things to alcohol to make it more palatable. This is the exact opposite. So when you need to add alcohol to something to make it taste better, maybe just admit that it's terrible and drink the alcohol itself. Wow. All right. It's an opinion. Right. Fourth, did I mention how thick it is? <laughs> I mean, in a season when mucus-filled head colds abound, why would a person seek to introduce more milky, infectious, mucilaginous batter into their systems? But far be it for me to yuck your yum. Oh, really? Oh. Too late for that. <laughs> oh. Which I just spent four paragraphs doing. I would never impede anyone else's personal enjoyment of the stuff, so go ahead and drink your share and mine too. I'm not going to stop you. Oh, I see what you did there. Wait, does Scott write this? Is it Scott's? <laughs> I did not write this, but I agree with every single sentence of it. Ed, counterpoint. So uh, my brother Joe loves it. He drinks it like yeah. by the gallon, only during the holiday season, though. He loves it. He really does. I, it's nostalgic for me. I don't seek it out. Yep. I might end up drinking a pint of it to a quart over the holiday season if I'm around it. Mm-hmm. Members of my family like it a lot, so mm-hmm. I tend to get it for them. Yeah. Southern Comfort has a non-alcoholic version that's pretty popular in stores that oh. you can add whiskey to. You don't have to add Southern Comfort to it, but it has flavoring that kind of lends itself to being spicy. I definitely don't think it's an every day, every month, every year thing, but first of all, you can warm it up, right? which also thins it out True. and makes the whiskey or the rum, if you want to do rum, taste a little different. So this guy obviously is someone who probably doesn't like cream donuts, probably doesn't like, you know, there's people out there that don't like that type of, uh, you know. Right. Right. I mean. They're not big dairy guys. lovers. Right. Or, they yeah. don't like milkshakes and they don't like ice cream even. And so. they don't bring the boys to the yard. <laughs> My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Then they're like, it's better than yours. Game right. It's better than yours. Teach you, but I have to charge. In fact, they might charge us for doing that. That's right. Royalties. I know, royalties. So, Sue, <laughs> where do you sit on the eggnog or egg not? I am 
back and forth on that. Okay. Yeah. I see it in the store. You're in the holiday spirit. It's eggnog, and you pick it up, and you bring it home, and you pour mm-hmm. yourself a little bit of it, and you're like, eh. <laughs> That's exactly where I am. It's, I want to like it, yeah. but yeah. I never do. Yeah. But the truth of the story is, I will pour it straight for myself. I'll take a sip of it. I'll be like, oh, eggnog. And I'll be like, what can I put in this now? Yeah. So, so the guy <laughs> right? is right that most yeah. of them don't stand alone enough for me, but some yeah. people love it just the way it is. I've seen some people put it in their coffee. Yeah. You know? No, well, yeah. I've tried true. it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, no. Sue's talking about eggnog like anal. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> I tried it. I know a lot of people like it. I just, ugh, it's not you really know. my thing. Oh, my God. You know, maybe on his birthday. I don't know. Like, <laughs> It's just the oh, same tone of voice shit. I've heard women all time. Like, yeah, <laughs> not really. Uh, so on that note, Siobhan, do you like anal? I mean, eggnog. <laughs> I, I know the answer to the first I think. Oh. All right, what's your guess? Oh, which? Depending. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a no. So, but how about eggnog so far? As far as eggnog goes, I never sought out eggnog to drink. That's but fair. I've yeah. been in places where it has been given to me like, hey, we have some eggnog, let's try some. And I would try it just to see what it tasted like because sure. I never knew. And it was just like one of those things was like, wow, this is way too sweet. Yeah. And it's just too much. That's interesting because you have a little bit of a sweet tongue. Uh, yeah. Sweet, sweet, <laughs> sweet tongue. tongue. Well, that's a four year slip. <laughs> Hello. Oh, how do you know how sweet her tongue is? <laughs> oh my gosh. What is <laughs> so give me, so give me the sweetest tongue. <laughs> Way to drink it, Um Sweetest taboo. Sweetest tonguing taboo. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, but I mean, you like things that are sweet, so I'm saying like. I no. do, but not excessively. Like, I love white chocolate, but I would only eat it in small doses, like, because it's so sugary. How dare you? And it's, it's also, Scott. White uh, chocolate is not chocolate. Thank you. They you just, didn't like the whiskey and you, and you like white chocolate? You are four seconds from being banished from the podcast. <laughs> she will go into a very rare banishment. Uh, she'll be in timeout. She'll be grounded. God, shut her mic off for the next 12 seconds. And then Siobhan's going to sound like, I just don't like big and I don't like anal. That's what it'll sound. She'll sound far away. All right. All right. So I, I defended it because I felt someone had to. I've walked by it dozens of times at holiday parties, but I really think it's when I was a kid and I, I like sweeter things. I think it is nostalgic. Yeah. I drink it and it's like, oh, it's not as good as I thought it would be. Yeah, it's just and, always a little but disappointing. Not, yeah. But the person who did the, I mean, he was infectious. Yeah. Like, he was calling it stuff that it just isn't. Like, he took it to another level. I mean, it's funny. I give him a lot of credit, which, which funny, is why yeah. I really thought you wrote that. Well, especially, I, especially when he goes, I'm not going to get in your way, which is, he should have paid you a dollar for that. That's such a Scottism. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I'm was definitely kidding. that was definitely this person who wrote it. Uh, right. I did add a couple of adjectives just to make it funny. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I wondered. I thought I saw your style in there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, the exaggeration. The Ed exaggeration. That's usually you. He's unnecessarily thick. Ooh. Oh. Oh, wow. Number nine. <laughs> From the UK, chocolate orange mayonnaise. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. Leave it to the UK. Ah! Yeah. So I took this from two different places, delish.com and irishpost.com. Love mayo? Yeah. Love chocolate orange candy? Every now and then, sure. Well, have we got news for you. (laughs) (laughs) Heinz mayonnaise and Terry's chocolate orange slices have joined forces to create a -a one-of-a-kind festive holiday spread in a bid to make Christmas even Christmasier, a thing that should not be called Heinz Seriously Good Chocolate Orange Mayo. Insert metallic is a thing that should not be <laughs> right, right here. Wow. Dream you of your sad 
released in 2021 as limited edition bottles that you had to enter a contest to win because really, why would anyone buy this? The product is literally a blend of mayonnaise, orange flavored chocolates, pastry cream, and an extra dose of orange oil. Wait a minute. This came before eggnog? Like in the list of top 10? Uh, uh, well, it's it's worse than eggnog. So oh, yeah, okay. we're getting increasingly right. worse. Right. The yes. scary part yes. is there's okay. supposedly eight worse than this. <laughs> oh, oh, there are. Wow. <laughs> Just you wait. Described- A foreshadowing, I bet Norway is involved. They're the worst food country that we've ever encountered <laughs> on the podcast. That is correct. And you get 300 points. They put like pickled herring in everything. Go ahead. Described as a smooth and delicious spread that works perfectly dolloped onto your favorite festive desserts or spread onto brioche scones, pancakes, or croissants this season. It's not for the faint of heart. Mm. Upon opening the jar, there is a hint of acidity and milkiness, which soon gives way to the distinctive chocolate orange scent. That milky acidity may put you off. It may put you off. It may-o put you off. (laughs) Oh, boy. The mixture edges more towards mayo than chocolate spread, which is a little jarring at first, but you'll soon forget that you're consuming a product with mayonnaise in it at all. Perhaps something that would be better used on a cheese board, layering it on crackers with various cheeses. Mm. That's a no from me, dog. Are you even slightly interested in trying it once to see what it's like? Yes. I think I would too. I would try it. Just even so I could be like, eh, it's terrible. Or like, "Mm, Because I feel like maybe it's not as terrible as they're making it sound, but I just don't think it's something that I would actually eat. Would you mix it into eggnog? <laughs> yes, and then I would hand it to you. <laughs> and I'd be like, I can't see where the egg starts and the mayo begins. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, it would be like an egg salad orange sandwich oh in your mouth. Oh my God. Oh. That's horrifying. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. Number eight. <laughs> From Scandinavia, reindeer pate. Oh. Interesting. No, no. Pate's fine. Go ahead. Okay. This is from weirdfood.blog. On Dasher, on Dancer, on Prancer, and Vixen. On Comet, on Cupid, on Donner, and Blitzen. But sorry, Santa. Rudolph won't be leading your sleigh this year. He's been pulverized and mixed with spices, garlic, and cognac to create a delicious paste and spread on toast. Ooh-wee. Well, okay, it's not made from the beloved Christmas character himself because as the rather generic black and white label attests, this Arctic delicacy is an indulgent Christmas treat made from a relative of Rudolph. So not Rudolph, actually, yeah. just one of his deadbeat cousins. One of his illegitimate children from flying around the world. So, deadbeat cousins. Is it yeah. like sourdough yeast that they pass on from century to century? Yeah. To century? They have to sell their paste. Yeah. And you can be rest assured that you're not eating an endangered species either as the reindeer are farmed in Sweden by indigenous herders and fed a strict diet of mosses and lichen. And chocolate orange mayo. <laughs> chocolate orange mayo. Also, if you're worried about piling on the pounds over Christmas, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> reindeer meat has one of the lowest fat contents of all meat at a mere 2%. Meat. But what does it taste like? Well, upon opening the can, you'll see that the meaty glop is dark and clumped together. Glop. The meaty <laughs> glop. <laughs> resembling nothing so much as cat food. However, upon spreading some on ciabatta bread, it was surprisingly tasty, smoother than Michael Bublé singing Christmas classics. The pate was rich and gamey, but not overpowering. It definitely had sparkle. All right. Nothing gamey. So I've had some pate 
in my life and my take on it it's kind of like liverwurst to me the first mm. bite you're like oh that's kind of interesting that's good the second bite you're like no my yeah i really like that the third bite like oh it's getting a bit much right i'm eating meat paste that's like that it's just fourth is like oh it's really rich like it's kind of like i'm done with it now like it's something that i have a very it, right? very small window for pate it's like eggnog it's like i think i'm gonna like this i kind of like it yeah. no i actually don't you know what that's enough of that. Yeah. yeah. First time I was on a cruise is the first time I had pate. And they brought it to the table. And he's like, would you like to try some pate? And it was a crowded table. I looked at everybody and go, we used to have a girl called pate. We had to let her go. She was stealing. <laughs> is that from something? No. Or you just made I that just up? I just made it up. I don't care. And everybody. I don't care. Well, like, no, just like, well, because like my first cruise, so I was acting like I was like all, all like. Right, all bougie. All yeah. bougie. So yeah. I was like, I would just say stuff like, like some people wear socks twice. And then. <laughs> but that came up, guys. When they were like try pate, and everyone looked. There was a moment where they were all contemplating. So I jumped in. I was like, "We used to have a girl named Pate. We had to let her go. She was stealing." Now I get it. Now I get it. <laughs> it's like it's like so out of nowhere, but right. it's so funny. So everybody lost it, and the waiters just standing there waiting for us to be done. It like so. Well, that's his job right. to wait. <laughs> Number seven. <laughs> Uh, from Germany, Brunsweiger balls. Oh, mm. Mm. Talk about meat paste. Here you go. <laughs> Originally from the town of Brunsweig. Oh, where else would it be from? Germany. Brunsweiger is a type of sausage made from ground pork livers and other pork scraps blended with various seasonings and ground into a smooth paste, which is stuffed into an intestinal casing yep. then smoked. Depending on the recipe, it can also contain pig organs like kidneys. And hearts. I mean, it sounds bad, but that's what they do with Scrapple and sausage here. I was just going yeah. to say, True. So, yep. Scrapple. Yeah, it's, not, it's not bad yet. No. Yeah, 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 right now, it's like, I mean, no one likes their sausages more than the freaking Germans. Yeah, that's for <laughs> Holy sure. Holy crap. They have more brats and brackwurst and sausages. <laughs> I mean, you go over there and there's just sausage hanging everywhere. So right now, it's just a smoked sausage in <laughs> Germany. So oh. tell us why it's bad, Scott. <laughs> okay. Braunschweiger balls, however, go one step further and mix the meaty goo with cream cheese, butter, mayonnaise onions and hot sauce after which it's formed into a ball adorned with pimento olive slices plopped onto the holiday table and arrayed with crackers salty soft and spreadable nothing screams christmas more than a demonic sunflower that tastes like liver look at it oh, <laughs> oh wow, wow. Oh, that that's I, creepy i'm There's still many i'm still not that, sure it would be terrible out. though Olive. Those are pimento olives yeah. sliced oh on God, the top. So yeah. 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 And the worst part of it, there's kale. <laughs> oh, kale's ringing the whole plate. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Oh I think God. that's what that is. I feel like I, I would... just looked at like somebody jumping off of a building. Yeah. I feel like. <laughs> that's how bad that Splat. looks. I would try it just for the kale of it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no. Number six. <laughs> Back to the Western Hemisphere from Brazil, oh. Cuscus Paulista. One of the most representative dishes of Sao Paulo State in Brazil is Cuscus Paulista. Cucu Cucu. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> also called peasant casserole, is served in homes and restaurants and is said to have originated in the packed lunches of Bandarantes. Brazilian pathfinders from the 16th and 17th centuries who used to keep their various food provisions wrapped up in a single piece of cloth, which during their long journeys would form a single mass of congealed wait, wait. foods. I thought pathfinders were made by Nissan. Oh. <laughs> Turn the mic off again for another 12 seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm like, no, not me, not me, not me. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. <laughs> Traditionally, this off-putting cake of sorts is molded from a hodgepodge of ingredients, including cornmeal, tomatoes, boiled eggs, peas, olives, and sardines. Oh, shit. Yeah, these days it's become a traditional Christmas dish in Sao Paulo, but one wonders why, because it looks like you took all the leftovers in your fridge, squished them into a bundt cake pan with your hands, and served it to your guests cold. Again, I Wait, have it's pictures. It's cold. Oh, that looks terrible. Oh. It's to big giant slices of tomatoes, slices of egg, cornmeal, olives, all mashed up into a bundt cake. It oh looks terrible. Terrible, bro. That looks People so eat this. Bad. They want to eat it. They, oh they my love god. it. Oh my god, they have peasants too with the sardine. Can you really get a taste <laughs> of sardine? with the pimento <laughs> olives. God oh, I know. Me. People love their fucking olives. Around the world too, evidently. Is that a dessert or is it? No. no. It's made with cornbread, not cake is batter. Is that shrimp? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, who knows? It might be. Is that it's, an it's ear? wide open. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Is that yeah. an ear? <laughs> Foreshadowing, Sue. <laughs> oh. Number five. Ho, 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 ho. From Greenland, something called Matok. If you don't have a strong stomach, then Greenland is probably not the right place for you to spend the holidays. Or ever. Or ever. Because that's when most restaurants will serve Matok, or Muktuk, as it's also called, as an appetizer before your meal, which is basically the skin and blubber of bowhead, narwhal, or beluga whales cut into small quivering cubes. When served in its typical raw form, a talk looks like a black cap of skin with striated layers of soft gray, white, and or pink fat. It has a nutty, oily taste, and the skin is super elastic. It'll bounce back with each chew. It's the dish that tastes your back. So most people just swallow it whole. However, it can also be pickled, deep fried, and served with soy sauce. Now... We're not keeping any secrets here. Many people find the taste of matak to be extremely repulsive, but those who've acquired a taste for it say that it can taste like fried eggs, fresh mm. coconut, or like the mm. raw meat of a cow fed a strict diet of sardines. Mm. And this is what it looks like. They're a bunch of fucking liars. Oh. That looks awful. That's your appetizer. It looks like what sushi looks like when you left out in the sun for two days. Yeah. It's a thing. That would take a lot of money on a bet for me to eat even one of them. So that's a hard no for me. Yeah, Sue, thoughts? It she looks has... like worms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? Again, foreshadowing. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Siobhan, what do you think? You lost me at quivering. <laughs> it looks like quivering mess. It looks like bapuka whales. Bapuka like, whales. Can you eat that with a spoon or a spork? Uh, a spork. <laughs> <laughs> yes or do you eat it with your well yeah it is it spreadable actually you don't no. eat it at all you just yeah. throw it over your shoulder <laughs> it looks like bait yeah it does i mean basically that's do what it is it is bait. to get real food yes so that's yes. what we would do this is the appetizer right we would take this and go fish, fish for actual food yes yeah. <laughs> gotta be something out there they give you the bait you're perfect good idea sue Number four. <laughs> Finally, Norway. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah, so Norway, a dish called lutefisk. Aww. Yeah, this is one that many people might have heard of. Ludicrous. So move, bitch. Yeah, get out the way. Get out the way, bitch. Get out the way. Move, bitch. Get out the way. Get out the way. Get out the way. Many Norwegians gather annually for Ludafisklag, oh or Ludafisk dinner, in December to celebrate the festive season with many restaurants having it 
on their menu as a specialty. And although people in Sweden and Finland also eat lutefisk as part of their Christmas traditions, Norway is to blame for starting it in the first place. You see, during the 1500s, Lent was observed from the 1st of December through Christmas Eve when the only meat Christians were permitted to eat was fish. Norway has a lot of coastline and thus a lot of fish. A lot of fish. Yeah. Traditionally, lutefisk is cod. You almost ordered cod tonight, you idiot. I did. <laughs> I did. And they saved me from doing it. And he's panicking at dinner tonight. Like <laughs> He orders a cod dish out of nowhere. We're all like, no, no dude. No, no, don't do that. We're like, hold on, waitress. We're like, you could do better. And he ordered a nice salmon, which was a better choice. Yeah, it was better. Okay. Uh, traditionally, lutefisk is cod that's been dried on racks in the open air, then soaked in caustic lye to gelatinize it. This, of course, makes it poisonous, so it has to be rinsed and soaked in water. Jello. Yeah. There's always room for jello. <laughs> Smelly jello. <laughs> For up to six days before being boiled or baked and then served in a hefty bowl of melted butter with plenty of salt and pepper, which actually, again, doesn't sound all that bad. It just needs a little salt and pepper. A little salt and pepper and butter. It's, it's fine. I mean, butter, salt, and pepper makes everything taste good, right? <laughs> However, the problem is that the resulting dish is a putrid-smelling, wobbly oh. white mass whose stickiness and odor never seems to go away. The taste, although apparently milder than the smell, is akin to eating lard with a hint of bleach. Just a hit. <laughs> oh, man, I wish Gabe was here to try that. Dude. <laughs> Shade on Gabe. Oh, he's been left out. He was, we hadn't talked about him yet. Yeah, so we haven't talked about him yet. We have to talk about him. <laughs> Does Norway know that there are like a ton of other foods out there? Do they have <laughs> international shipping in Norway? Yeah. They're, they're right on the coast. Can, like, can they get stuff? <laughs> can, like can boats bring them like, real food from yeah. other countries? Who's the guy? In charge of food. Can we ship them like peanut butter and honey for like lunch and stuff? I mean, do they know about strawberries? Do they know about eggnog? <laughs> right, eggnog's right. You're not hating on eggnog now, are you? Like, no. Oh, please bring the eggnog out. I'd rather have eggnog than this. Holy crap. Or anal, right? Am I right? You know, everything was just. Everything comes back to anal. <laughs> everything comes back to the back. <laughs> Get it? Number three. <laughs> Staying in Norway, something called Smalhov. I'm trying to pronounce it traditionally. Yeah, I want to be clear that the thing that makes Scott great is he just pronounces whatever Norwegian word he has with such authority yeah. that we all just accept it as that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> yep, that's we it. have no idea how it's actually pronounced, but he makes it his own. I was very confident in that. Yes. Smalhov. Another popular Norwegian Christmas Eve specialty, Smalhov, is a sheep's head. Oh. oh. Served with potatoes. Bro. Why not the rest of the sheep? There's so much more sheep left. No, no just the head. Or whatever side dish restaurant or household prefers. What would no. you suggest goes with the head? Yeah. What, what, what else do you do with the sheep's head? What pairs well? Oh, maybe lutefisk. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. So what do you do with the sheep's head? Is no, no. What? Here's what you do with it. Oh, my God. It's not just any sheep's head. Oh, no. It's a sheep's head that's been prepared by smoking it in a fire made from the fleece of the same sheep before salting it and boiling it in water. The brains may or may not be removed, but the ears, nose, and eyes are retained and actually eaten first as they are the considered the tastiest bits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if my choice is ear or brains, I'm going ear yeah. every day of the week. How about eyes? No. No. Never. No. No, no, eyeballs. I have a picture. Yeah, sure. I'll see it. Oh. oh. Kind of cute. Yeah. It's a literal sheep's head on a plate with potatoes and corn. <laughs> oh my. God. And a delicious sauce. I'm 
mean, Go what do you do? Just start digging in? Like, <laughs> I, right? How do you eat this thing? Siobhan, yeah. he told you, you eat the ears and the, <laughs> and the, and the eyes and the nose first. first the but tastiest bits. You, it should be like in a basket. Make it fun. <laughs> yeah, why is it sideways? It should it's have it just, up like, like on a it's stick. It's just slapped on a plate. Like, it should you have know? It, the head on a stick literally sitting up. So like in a basket, like yeah, a basket of fries, but yeah, it's a sheep's head with yeah, fries on exactly. top. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> From South Africa, different part of the world, Mopane worms. Mm. Mm. From Atlas Obscura and NewScientist.com, hold the turkey and forget the holiday goose. One of the most Christmassy foods of choice in Southern Africa is the Mopane worm, mostly because the ideal harvesting season for these fat, spiny, mottled, protein-rich creatures is in the month of December, but they're actually eaten throughout the year. However, they're not actually worms at all. Oh, thank God. What are they? Something worse. Instead, they are caterpillars of the majestic emperor moth. Oh. With their name deriving from the Mopane tree where the moth spends most of its short life. It lays its eggs on the tree's leaves, which the larvae gorge on from the moment they hatch. And after literally eating until they burst, molting their skin four to five times, the worms are ripe for picking. Once picked... The worm is pinched open at one end and squeezed to expel a vibrant green mass of half-digested leaves and innards. Innards! Innards. The empty body of the worm is then pickled, dried, smoked, and or fried. Some say that the taste is similar to that of beef jerky or a well-done steak, while others cite a decidedly more earthy and vegetal experience. And there they are. Can we send Africa some ice cream? Like, is there a way yeah. that we can yeah. send them like some donuts? Like, are they aware donuts. there's <laughs> options? Like, it's like they woke up and they're like, what are we going to do with all these fucking no pane worms? Right. Oh, no, eat them. <laughs> is there like a McDonald's there? Yeah, can they, I send them some frozen pizza? This would be on their dollar menu. <clears throat> oh, have they heard of Chipotle? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Number one. <laughs> All right, so the number one world's weirdest or worst, I guess. I'm slightly nauseous right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Christmas cuisine. Back to Greenland, something called kiviak. K-I-V-A-Q. Imagine a dish so pungent and smelly that unlike lutefisk, people are forced to eat it outside so that it doesn't stink inside for weeks. The dish is a winter specialty and has been consumed by Inuit tribes in the far north of Greenland for centuries and is now considered a delicacy of sorts that is relished, especially at festivals and celebrations like Christmas. The preparation of kiviak actually involves an ingenious method of food storage, but a dish made from fermented seabirds is hard to stomach for those who aren't used to it, like the scotch tonight for the ladies. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, that scotch is tasting pretty good now, too. I'll that's tell you that right. much. Yeah, right? Yes, that's right. Fermented seabirds are pretty much the entire essence of the dish, but that's not even the worst of it because the preparation goes something like this. You find a seal, uh-huh. you kill it, uh-huh. You skin it. Okay. You remove all of its meat and internal organs uh-huh. until only a thick layer of fat remains. Okay, okay. Fatty skin is then sewn into a bag and stuffed to the brim with three to 500 small seabirds. Gotcha. Are they alive or dead? Oh, they're dead. 
Or I don't know. Maybe there are a lot. It's a, right? it's a good question. So I, I just want to know who the hell has no, to catch. No, at the very beginning, it says you have to kill it. Yeah, who has to well, catch the, 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 birds, the seal? The birds. Oh. But the birds that you're putting in the seal. Uh, first of all, whose job not. is to catch 300 seabirds? Well, they have, have to be dead because you couldn't hold birds in a seal. No. You're making assumptions. Sue wants facts. Assumptions, Scotty. All right, so. checking here. So the seal bag is then sewn shut and left to ferment under a pile of rocks for six months. Oh, my God. Mm. Then in the harsh winter season, due to the constant darkness when meat is hard to procure the seal bags are dug out cut open and the birds inside are eaten raw apparently because of the seal fat the bird meat has become tenderized and preserved so that except for the feathers all parts of the bird can be eaten even the bones in fact the fermented intestinal fluids can be sucked out and used as a sauce for other foods on the whole kiviak is said to taste similar to very mature cheeses so they are dead <laughs> so cheeses shit okay now i warn you this is a trigger alert what am i looking that's at? the open seal with the birds inside Ooh. okay that looks like a Halloween decoration. I mean, that is it does. Such it a looks huge effort. Absolutely horrifying. Right? Yeah, I mean, all of that. Do they know that about birds? Chickens? Birds, birds. Um, again, do they have donuts in Greenland? <laughs> I mean, the question I have here is: Go ahead, Ed. Which I often have in these situations. Yes. Who did this first? This can't happen by accident. Someone had to be like, you know, what we should do. <laughs> we should right? like, we should ooh. cut up a seal and put them in there and then it was like oh yeah but when the seal's intestines rotted it ruined it all right so let's try it again let's take out all <laughs> the inside of the seal just leave the fat and then sew it up again you're like, not wrong you have to go through a whole procedure they're like little inuit scientists up there trying to like you know the article cool. said they've been doing this for centuries but you know the right the first one to do it yes it took centuries to perfect this. <laughs> yes. I guess, and my, and my question would be how did they know to do it to the point where they knew exactly how they wanted it to taste. Yeah, right, well, trial and error. Right, I guess. Right. right. Yeah. One month wasn't long enough. Well, yeah. Twelve, yeah. 12 months was too rotten, and so yeah. Wow. I will point out that this isn't in Texas, so Greenland's a pretty, <laughs> pretty cold climate, so <laughs> and, it's and, not yeah. going to be rotting like it would be rotting here. It would probably be like a weird semi-thaw, freeze, thaw, freeze type of a thing. Exactly, exactly. They also described like covering the seal of the seal oh. <laughs> where they had sewn it with uh, more fat. Oh my to, God, to, to seal it up? Yeah, to literally to seal, seal it up. up. That's where we got it. To prevent like pathogens and stuff, yeah. So yes, that is the end. Merry mm. Christmas, everybody. Yeah. I was trying to round out my Christmas dinner table yeah. with like a little few uh, So you have like a, like have a bunch know? of different options yes, now. Yes, now yeah. I have options. As do you out there in podcast land. Yeah. Yeah, this makes sense. Once again, uh, in that guy's face, the eggnog is looking pretty good right now. It really is. <laughs> All right, is that it, Scott? Yeah, that's it. All right, so the Paul John <laughs> Christmas, Christmas edition. edition 2023 single malt Indian whiskey is a delicious expression for those of you who like scotchy single malt whiskeys. So yeah. if you want, if you can find it, give it a try, especially, you know, around the holidays. It has a lot of great flavors. Ladies, thank you so much for coming and sharing the holidays with yes, us. Yes, thank you. This is a great tradition. Uh, I love it. Yes. Yes. And I hope everyone has time to be with their family over the next couple of days and has a tremendous Christmas for 2023. So for Whiskey Tangent Podcast, I'm Ed. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. And I'm Siobhan. Cheers. Bye. And uh, be well. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas.